Hello, listeners, and welcome to Mostly Murder, But Sometimes Not, a podcast where four siblings watch, read, listen to, consume in some way, mysteries, mayhem, murder, crimes, heists, and the like. For this episode, we watched Buffy Season 3, Episode 18, titled Earshot, and we recorded this in May of 2017. Warnings for this episode include massive series spoilers for Buffy as a whole, and also a content warning for school shootings. As always, the Count the Penises segment is henceforth known as the Patriarchy Bullshit Scale, and you can find further information about that on our website and further information about a lot of things um, on our website. Mostly murder, but sometimes not, dot com. You can also find us at Twitter and Instagram. Both of our handles are at Mostly Murder Pod. That should be everything, so thank you for listening and enjoy. You are cordially invited to the manor in the woods, where an evening of discussion is being held by the O'Brien siblings. Catherine, the encyclopedia. Carolyn, the bookworm. Madeline, the wild card. And Mackenzie, the eclectic. Join them in the study where there will be talk of murder, robbery, deception, and conveniently cloaked figures. So get cozy, pour yourself a cuppa, and join us for mostly murder. But sometimes not. Hello, everyone! No, that was terrible. <laughs> no, nope, nope. keep going. I know, nope. I know. Still Welcome it. to the second episode of Mostly Murder, but Sometimes Not. Guess what, everyone? Today is a Sometimes Not on our very second episode. It's very exciting. Ooh. I am Katie, and with me are... Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Sound more excited, Carrie. This is Maddie. Carrie! And I'm <laughs> All right, the four of us are back, and today we're going to talk about a little show we like to call Buffy. Everyone calls it that. Everybody calls it. Not everyone. The official name is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so exactly. I think that needs to be said. Some people just call it Buffy. Yeah. Okay, Maddie, tell us about Buffy. Well... Buffy, kind of in general, is about a high school teenager who wants to be normal, but is chosen to defeat all of the uh, vampires and evil in the world. And she goes to high school in Sunnydale, which is on top of a Homehouse. And she has a bunch of friends that they're called, like, the Scooby Gang. Mm-hmm. And, um... In this episode, she... Katie, what are you trying to signal me? Just say it. Um, you're confused. I don't know what was happening, but there was a lot of background noise. Oh. Like, of you moving your computer while you were talking, which means you can't... Yeah. No clicking. Oh, my B. <laughs> All right, Maddie, start What's over Okay. No, well, we're not starting over. Not we're over. Just getting, this is this live? Is real deal. This is live? This is live. Yeah. This is real life. Hi, everybody. We don't this edit This is real anything. life vampire slayers. So, <laughs> we, yeah, and it is um, plural because in this episode, they talk about Faith, who is kind of Buffy's 
alter, like, not alter ego, that's wrong. Um, it's Yang like, and yin. Yes, that's the yang to her yin. Are you okay. writing? Me? Yeah. Yeah. No. What? What's going on? Something is happening with you and your music. I mean, sound. My sound? Yeah. <laughs> your sound, man. There's something. <laughs> are, sound, man. are you like, okay, are you like moving anything? It could be the cord hitting something. I don't know. Maybe. Well, but anyway, was... people know that we are definitely audio experts and know everything about this. Yeah, like the most professional. Sure. None of us are in the using... arts or the medicine and have know all about technology. I'm not using Apple headphones. <laughs> I have no. very professional equipment that did not cost thirteen dollars. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Buffy is likewise just as professional as I am as the Slayer. Um, yep. I would. I'm the Slayer of podcasting. <laughs> um. I agree. <laughs> you have been chosen by the Watchers Council. It could be. It could be either. I, I. I could slay in a good way, or I'm so bad that I am slaying this entire episode. <laughs> Chosen by us, guys. We did so this. So what happened All in right. this episode? Yep. Anyway, so... Well, this episode, with, yeah. yeah. What is it? It starts with Buffy. Oh, it's Time called. out. What is this okay. episode? This episode of Buffy is in season three. It is episode... 18. 18. 18. Yeah. I was going to say nine, but that's wrong. Um, I, I, I figured that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I can called, hear it in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Earshot. And it starts off with Buffy running away. It? Hmm? Why do we choose it to represent the best of Buffy mysteries? Let her do the thing! Oh, yeah. Stop interrupting. Well, because... Thing. Sorry. That's true. It's okay. Well, we, no. we chose it for the mystery aspect because there's, like, a mystery in it. There you and go. And because well, Den of Geek called it the closest Buffy gets to Agatha Christie. Yes. Katie Googled it. Yeah, Katie Googled it, found it. Somebody said Agatha Christie and, like, Buffy in the same sentence. So we all got very excited. (laughs) Okay, I have a question for Katie. Yes. I don't remember seeing Buffy on our original list. Was I just crazy? Yeah, it was up there. Missing it. Okay. I think I put it on after I typed in Scooby-Doo because the Scooby made me think of the Scoobies. And then I was like, Buffy does kind of solve mysteries, but one of the issues with Buffy that we did talk about is that oftentimes she knows who the villain is within, by act two. Like, she knows the demon she's hunting, she's just hunting it. So there's not always a big mystery. And when there is, it's usually, like, a season long, so we can't really pick an episode. Watch a whole season, yeah. I mean, we could, absolutely, but... Yeah. (laughs) Okay, yeah, because we, prior to pressing the record button... All of us individually, we were talking about the rationale behind choosing that Buffy, none of us could <laughs> particularly defend it. <laughs> Other than we love it and it's amazing. Well, also, you know, there's mysteries. definitely, yeah, you gotta find out, well, okay, this episode in particular we chose because there was a bit of a mystery aspect, but I believe Maddie was getting to that. Yes, I was. Um, we all interrupted. Yeah. We're, by but the way, it everyone, was like we a... interrupt each other constantly. Just have to understand that. We grew up together okay. forever. Yeah. 
Um, but this one, I think, like, weirdly fit in with, like, Katie made a worksheet, by the way, of things that we should talk about in each episode. Tell surprise. And it, it totally, totally fit this episode. Like, you know, there was all the aspects of a, a good old mystery. And we'll, we'll go into it right now. Starts um, off. Yes, Carrie? Yes? No, I have a legitimate point to make. You said in our group chat that we didn't have to, like, let's not use the worksheets this time. Well, I was using the worksheet, and I found things for all of them, and then I started writing on the side how much I love, like, things in this episode. And <laughs> Me too. I didn't, yeah. I didn't use a worksheet because you said that. Okay, well, we can, well, can we, talk about I, it. I have a notebook. The worksheet, I think, just helped me organize my thoughts better. But you don't have to, like, go through it point by point. As long as you can actually contribute to the conversation, you probably don't need Can we stop arguing about the minutia of note-taking and let Maddie finish her now eight-minute summary of the series (laughs) episode? It's going to be, like, just the episode, like, length. And it's going to take, like as long as each scene takes in the episode to talk about it. Perfect. It takes as long as it takes, man. Anyway. Starts off. Anybody? No one's gonna interrupt now? Okay, cool. Um, Starts off with Buffy running away from um, a demon. And then she falls and is like, hey... You fell for it, and then beats up the demon and kills it. And then she gets blood on her hand, and then it creepily absorbs. And they, she has, like, itchy hand the next day, goes to Giles, who is her watcher, and uh, he's like, you could have an aspect of the demon. And she's, like, freaking out because she thinks she's going to have a tail or horns or some weird thing. And backstory, she has a vampire boyfriend, Angel. And Angel and Faith, who is like her, yeah, the anti-slayer, um, kissed in the last episode. And she really wants to know what Angel thinks about it. If he, like, liked kissing her, oh my god, what would happen? Um, so... Then she suddenly starts reading minds and is super excited about it that she doesn't have horns or anything. And she immediately uses it for evil, trying to read her boyfriend's mind, her vampire boyfriend's mind. And um, she cheats in school. So, <laughs> so what and, every teenager yeah. would do. Absolutely. Read yeah, their boyfriend's exactly. mind and cheat in school. Yeah. Um, and then no one likes getting their minds read, so they all leave her alone. And then she starts hearing everyone's minds, or uh, everyone's brains at once and goes crazy and uh she hears kind of in the craziness that somebody says like this time tomorrow i'll kill you all something like that yeah which is really kind of the beginning of the mystery yeah and which is actually halfway through the episode (laughs) yeah i wrote under clues she is the clue she's not the detective really exactly i wrote the same thing boom I would have, if somebody didn't tell me not to use the worksheet. (laughs) (laughs) But 
Anyway, she goes crazy, is, like, thrashing around in bed, hearing everyone's, like, terrible problems. And uh, she's like, hey, everybody, you go find out who this person was, like, who said that in their brain. And, um, like, you can tell that when they recorded that little blurb, like, this time tomorrow I'll kill you all, uh, it says, like, it's multiple people talking at once. So, like, you can't really tell who it is. And you Um, really can't tell if it's a woman or a man. Yeah. Like, which is part of the thing. Well, there's a woman and a man talking in it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this she's like, Scooby gang, go. So they go. Willow makes worksheets. And I wrote, Katie equals Willow. And um, she... I'll take uh, it. I love Willow. Yeah. So she... Um, yeah, they all go and start integrating people. And I'm like, hey, did you... Uh, kill, or are you planning to kill everybody tomorrow? Um, that's Cordelia. She actually asked That's that. my favorite. And, she just um, straight up is like, are you planning on killing anyone? It's for the year, so, Yeah. Yeah, and they kind of like, <laughs> they, they kind of have three main suspects, which is like Mr. Beach, Nancy, uh, Mr. Beach is like a creepy guy who was like, we have to get rid of the students in his mind. And then Nancy, who's just kind of a bitch, a little bit, but is also just, you know, a go-getter, a little, really smart yeah. person. Um, yeah. But anyway. And then, she's a bit much. She's a bit much. And then the biggest one that they lead you towards, it, who is uh, Freddie Iverson, who is the angsty, cynical <laughs> newspaper editor. Quintessential and, late 90s, like, yeah, weirdo newspaper Exactly. Guy. So he has to be a murderer. Right. Because he keeps they, it himself. Yeah. And he's, and they aren't able to find him. Newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> so they finally find him, and they're like, oh, you can't murder people. And he's like, I'm not going to murder anyone. And uh, Cordelia finds a note, and it's like, uh, basically, a it says, like, death is the only way, or something like that. And, um... Buffy has been miraculously cured um, by Angel finding, like, that demon blood and Giles and Wesley all made this potion thing. And so it, she pops it in and was like, yeah. It was it, it glowed. We can talk about that later, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Buffy's like, we gotta find this guy, Jonathan, who um, is played by Danny Strong. the main suspects. Wonderfully. Yes. Yep. And so she does some crazy gymnastics, like, going up to the clock tower where she sees him with, like, this big gun thing. Um, I know all about guns, too. Yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> is she, like, talks him down. I'm the Slayer of Guns <laughs> and podcasts. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but anyway, she's like... Man, you can't, like, you're gonna go to jail and, um, you can't talk to Irrevolve, you can't kill a bunch of people. And he was like, I was gonna kill myself. Oh, there was a whole lot of, like, really inspirational talk, uh, in that. Yeah. It was, it was. Which we can talk about later. Um, This is just your summary. But yeah, we're gonna, yeah. So she's like, you can't kill people. He's like, I'm not gonna, I wasn't planning on it. I was just gonna kill myself. And then it, like, cuts to, Xander being like, oh, Jello," 
And then he sees the lunch lady with rat poison over a big pot, and they lock eyes, and they freeze. <laughs> and then he tries to run away, and then she runs after him with a, a meat cleaver and uh, attacks him, or tries to attack him. And so at the part where he's just, he's throwing everyone's food around like, Don't eat it! Rat poison! Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. It looked like it was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it did look like fun. Anyway. Knocking over tables. Uh, and yeah. then, so Buffy stops the meat cleaver from going down on Xander, and then she beats up an obviously male uh, stuntman in a lunch lady dress, and then, uh, yeah, cuts away to the lunch lady, like, fainting. And that's it. All right, well, Not the very whatever. Are you scratching your toe or something? <laughs> Yes, am I? I can't scratch my toe. No, no you can't. Move. That's what causes ah. the interference. <laughs> well, if anyone's listening to this for high quality production, they are in the wrong area. Go, go I listen to my to brother, I... my brother, and me if you're looking for that. <laughs> I need to just straight jacket myself. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was a very anyway. good summary. Also, Thank because you. of the noise. Beautiful. <laughs> so. Yes. What do we all think? I think Wesley's creepy. Okay, yes. can I bring something up? Wesley's hella creepy. Especially if you're reading on Cordelia, because he's older than her. And then I was like, but Angel is like 200 years older than Buffy, and why are we not more creeped out by that? I argue that some of us are. Including myself, I think. I, think it's, I think it's okay with Angel, because he seems to be constantly stuck with an angsty teenage frame of mind. <laughs> I mean, maybe because yeah. he was turned when he was so young and then he just spent 200 years being a broody a-hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just decided that I love Cordelia. I used to hate her when I was like 15 and watching it for the first time. But hella respect. Cordelia is my one of my favorite Buffy characters. Not when really an angel, but I mean, yeah, no. the fact that, A, she speaks exactly what's on her mind. Yep. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, oh my gosh. She's and the fact that she just props. straight up asks people, are you planning on murdering anyone tomorrow? Yep. And um, this is one of the best lines I have ever heard. Um, Cordelia says, I want to work with Wesley. And Xander's like, you have no shame. And Cordelia says, oh, like, shame is something to be proud of. Oh, Agreed. Oh. I love that. <laughs> love it. I do. I think I rewatched Buffy probably four or five years ago. So, like, in my early to mid-twenties. And you definitely appreciate Cordelia more when you're older. Because when you're younger, she's just annoying and kind of, like, the bitch in your school. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, like, pre, like, the Xander relationship and, like, being part of the Scooby gang, Cordelia is different from Pose, too. That's Agreed. true. That's true. She she grew a lot after she got, like, impaled on that, uh, <laughs> whatever that metal spike was. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 What? What remember was that? She, it's when, I mean, uh, I remember it happening, but, like, It was when timeline. Spike had a... Kidnapped Xander and Willow. And then they like. But when did he do that? In season two. Ooh. 
Spoiler alert, everybody. Yes. <laughs> we. Yeah, I mean, okay. this whole show is a spoiler alert for everything we ever talk about. So. Yeah, it's literally like here's a mystery. This is how it is solved and what happens. But we're talking about the rest of the series still, which will only happen obviously with shows that we are familiar with, which Buffy is one of them. <laughs> yeah, because we all love it. That's amazing. We've all seen it. Yes, we, great. Yeah. I liked this episode. I thought it was good. They 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 approached a lot of like tiny short little scenes that actually spoke to a lot more like the aspect of okay so they had a nuanced conversation about uh, teen shootings then they had an even more nuanced conversations about teen suicide and then they had an even more well actually much much less nuanced conversation about uh, gay teenagers in the late 90s to early 2000s <laughs> which i love that which character. culminated in one of my favorite like little interactions of just the most stereotypical 90s jock being like yeah no bro i'm out you know oh hey Oh, oh, it's you. Oh, bro, can I help you? Oh, I, you know, there's this kid who works for the newspaper. I'm, I'm pretty sure he put in a good word for you out in the editorials, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, he I is actually. Larry. I love when they do put in little stuff like that. I'm one thousand percent for gay jocks. <laughs> they have forty-four minutes to do all of this stuff, and the fact that the mystery doesn't happen until twenty-three minutes in because I timed it. Hello. <laughs> Um, oh man! Surprising that one. <laughs> um, I do agree. Like, they talked about a lot of issues in the episode. Like, I had an issue with Buffy's invasion of privacy. <laughs> <laughs> like, she keeps responding to what people are thinking. Like when Xander's like, "Oh, I shouldn't think about sex," and then she's like, "God, Xander, is that all you think about? Like, have a little bit more respect, Buffy. He's your friend." He's trying not to think about sex because he knows that you can hear what he's saying, like thinking. So yeah. don't call him out on it. Well, so here's an interesting little little thought experiment. How do you think everybody else would react to having these mind powers? Because picture like Cordelia getting the ability to read everybody else's thoughts. <laughs> I feel like she'd oh, get really tired funny. of it. Well, I mean, I I feel like she would kind of just see it as an annoyance, and she would also probably not respect people's privacy and just call them out on their bullshit all the time. But I'm not saying that that's a paragon of virtue behavior. Like, what's your point? I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I think my point is, like, you guys... You guys mentioned that, you know, she doesn't really respect privacy. She always tries to listen in on people's thoughts, and she doesn't really, ironically... She's not trying. Yeah. I think what Carrie's pointing out is that she can't help but hearing people's thoughts, but she's then speaking back about them. Like, she could just not say anything. Can I just... Can I mention that if... Also, she just got these powers, like, today, so she probably didn't have that much control over them or know how to handle them. Dude, if Oz got the mind-reading powers, nobody would have discovered it because he would have kept everything to his goddamn self. Exactly. Oz is the best. Oh, yeah. Oz is the best. He is the best. Can I tell you one of my favorite... This episode, I don't know why, just had so many great lines and moments, but when they're talking about... Who was the writer? It was, um... Jane Spenson, I think. Are you sure? Because I watched it on the DVD. Oh, P.S. DVD menu of Buffy brings me back. <laughs> 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 I was like, yes. oh my gosh. So I watched it on DVD. 
actually, instead of Netflix. And it, they had a commentary. I should have watched it with commentary because they had commentary from. They had one track of commentary from Joss Whedon and then one where you could watch commentary from Janice Benson. And I'm pretty sure she was like the main writer. But going back to why Oz is hilarious. Um, the When he talks, they're talking about the newspaper and he has that throwaway line about like, oh, I just go straight to the obits. Yes. Which is like a joke that people tell in real life. But at the same time, like that's totally plausible. In At Sunnydale. a high school newspaper. A high school newspaper. In I skipped Sunnydale. straight to the obits. Yeah, no, I'll, that's why it's perfect. That's why it's funny. And you are you're like... Yeah. You're right, it's Jane... Espenson. Yeah. Props, Jane. Yeah. Well done, Jane, if you're listening. <laughs> She's not listening. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, I, that, that bugged me. That, that struck me as a... Yeah. yeah yeah i get it but you know sometimes you kind of have to let go of like your problems with the certain characters behaviors because sometimes it will just react with the best kind of entertainment the best thing well, yeah i mean that could have come out of this episode was buffy discovering that a mom's left with giles also spoilers <laughs> yes, uh, yeah that was it That's has great. one of oh gosh i'm telling you that that sh- that scene at the end yeah. when Giles walks into the tree. Yes, <laughs> I remember seeing that for the first time and just cracking up. That, that makes me just want to watch the whole show again. I know this I is know. a danger. Well, I think yeah. Well, a reason for that. I'm already gonna watch it with my Twitter friends. We're gonna rewatch it. Are you doing Buffy after Star Trek? Yeah, we finished Star Trek. We're gonna start on Buffy and. So well, I think one of the reasons that like you guys are so compelled to watch the rest of Buffy is because all these episodes, they can be like singular episodes, but they're always so interconnected. Like this one was constantly like it had a repetitive uh, emotional consequences for what happened in the previous episode. There are a lot of uh, offhand comments that are dependent on what happened in the episodes earlier in this season. And uh you know, there's like, okay, so you had to know that one of the jocks was gay because of what happened earlier on in the separate episode. And you had to know, like, what happened between uh, Faith and Angel because of what happened in the previous episode. And you have to understand the, like, the humor of Oz's statement of, uh, you saw a dog. Wait, was it a were dog? Until you realize that, wait, Oz is a werewolf. So obviously that's the first thing on his mind. Yeah. Yeah, but that. It's the same for any other show that you watch. Like, you you need to be able to understand no episode exists in isolation. I Not think really, that you know? some episodes can. If you look at half of all the, like, modern crime shows, you can watch it and just be like, <laughs> okay, so offhanded remark is something that happened earlier at the beginning of the episode. Offhanded remark is something that will relate to the next episode at the end of the episode. And in the middle, a very simplistic crime investigation. With Ice T explaining very that... simple criminal concepts. <laughs> well, I think we can just agree that Buffy is not that kind of show. I think we can Buffy all agree that Buffy is awesome. Like, yes. even though you can have one-off episodes, obviously, they're still going to at least touch on something. Because they also allude to the mayor a lot. So, Ugh. I will say if people are just wanting the mystery, the mystery is really only half of this episode. <laughs> 
<laughs> just really wanted to talk like about ten Halloween. minutes of this episode. <laughs> I know. Really. Where they walk around with worksheets. Can I talk about they actually interrogate people Ooh. though? And that's great. Yes. Like I was yeah. gonna say, like, it's I kind of want Marple and Poirot to walk around with like worksheets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, Poirot definitely could, but Marple's whole thing is that she just overhears people. Well, what I was kind of she's a little and old. I, I was uh, kind of enheartened by they mentioned that there were twelve major suspects when they handed out the worksheets, but they handed it out to four people, and it, it I was kind of inspired by the notion of I could interview three people and find out which one is a murderer. This is a thing I could do. Yeah, like, this almost seems like a very simplistic assignment. To like, for the yearbook. Yeah, literally. <laughs> just okay. Three of you interview three people. You interview three people. You interview three people. We'll try to find a murderer and we'll get back by lunch. Well, then everyone's gonna think that they have a murderer, like the most likely murderer in their three. So they're gonna have four. Pe- I guess that does narrow it down, but still, they're gonna still have four people who they're like, "This is the murderer in my group," you know? Yeah. That's when they argue with each other over who's the real murderer. murderer. I don't know. I or when they all it. go together. I will say, the Scooby gang is great, but they completely missed the mark. <laughs> yeah, they really Like, did. the only reason they caught the murderer is because Xander wanted Jello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, True. P.S. Halfway terrible. Halfway Would through the episode. Been? I know, right? Like, if Xander didn't just, like, sneak into the cafeteria, a bunch of children would have died from just a human woman being like, I hate you all. <laughs> True. It had, like, the only re- like, she discovered the fact that murder was going to happen supernaturally, but it had nothing to do with, like, vampires or demons. Yeah, it was, the like, just some murderer? Yeah. Just a person. Just some crazy lady. Oh my god, though. Like, the point where they lock eyes with each other, and then it's just, like, Xander <laughs> pulling Jello literally... up to his mouth. Yeah, and could then it's like, she's frozen labeled with the poison. poison. <laughs> there could not have. She's just got the box, he's got the jello, they go it's, back and forth a few the times. The poison is like, <laughs> falling into the pot. You know what my favorite brand of rat poison is? <laughs> rat it. poison brand rat poison. Which is the exact brand. Of- okay, I'd just like to pause to mention, uh, to, to do a shout out to our sponsors here at uh, Mostly Murder But Sometimes Not, to rat poison brand rat poison. If you're ever trying to poison a bunch of rats or kill a, a number of children in a Californian high school, I recommend Rat Poison brand Rat Poison. Oh, Get the small size because it will kill everybody. It's the size of a human torso. What? No. Did you see the? Did you see it's the? A uh, green box with some red lettering. Well, find man. the most. Uh, find the most generic aisle in your uh, store. By the way, no, that woman did not have a small box. Of rat poison. So, I know, I, if you are looking yeah, to poison an entire well. an entire cafeteria, you need the uh, you need the family size the family size rat poison. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was joking that it was a comically large box, so for it to have been the small version of rat poison brand rat poison <laughs> was funnier. What's the bigger? Yeah, I get it. I think I was funny, but. In the middle of the episode, right after the football game when they're all talking to each other and Buffy basketball had to go on game. patrol. Basketball game, whatever. <laughs> I love all the sports balls equally. Um, <laughs> literally, Xander said something about the lunch lady killing a bunch of people. Yep, so, like, I said, Xander is the real detective. He knows immediately. Like, Aww. literally, halfway through the episode, he mentions it. And I was like, Xander solved it. Because time out. 
Um, I do have when you solve the mystery on this worksheet, and the answer is I did not. I was just as bad as everyone else. I solved it probably 15 years ago. When well, I yeah, it I mean, when you time. watched it for the first time. <laughs> but you don't actually yeah. solve it. No, I, I, had did, no I know I didn't. That's one of the, okay, that's why I almost didn't include Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a mystery. Because the aspect of most mysteries is that they usually leave, like, little hints so that it is possible for you to solve the murder before other people. Like, if you listened to our last episode, you remember that a lot of us figured that it was, um, figured that it was the wife because she had a bunch of leather work on her. And the second that they mention a holster, most, like, a, a large, like, a lot of internet, like, intellectual people will think, oh, crap, holster. Leatherwork. It was the wife. But this, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of those few try-to-solve-it shows where you couldn't possibly solve it because the only way anybody ever solves it is by reading a lot of really ancient books and finding out a convenient piece of information <laughs> at the last possible moment. Which, Xander solved it. Or wandering into a I do like kitchen it. with an old, uh, an old woman pouring <laughs> rat poison into soup. <laughs> I do like all. it when Xander does stuff. Like, you remember the Zeppo episode when he's doing all this stuff on his own and then everyone else is a oh, yeah. side character saving the world. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. when Xander lost his virginity. This kind of, yeah, this kind of reminded me of that episode a little where he's really the one who kind of knew because he has a vendetta against this lunch lady in the sloth, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up, so I know I mentioned in the last episode about the James Bonding podcast having a British off. There was totally a British off in this episode between Giles and Wesley. <laughs> because oh, yeah. as soon as Wesley comes in, and he's being all ridiculous and British and proper, and then Giles just starts, of course, like, taking off his glasses and wiping them down. And then when Wesley starts talking about whatever demon that it's not, everyone gets up and leaves. But I was like, I thought it was pretty funny they had a British off, even in Buffy. Giles says Burke later. Yeah, which is a very British term. I don't even know what that means. But I was just like, oh, I don't know what that means. It must be British. What did he say? A Burke? Yeah. Burke. Like a B-E-R-K, I think. Except you say it, Burke. <laughs> you can usually tell a word is British with an unnecessary either. E at the end of the word. Burke. But I don't think there's an E at the end of it, because then you think of Burke and Hare. All right, fine. Then an unnecessary U after an you O. You think of Burke and Hare. That's true. I'm always thinking about Burke and Hare. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at my notes, and I'm seeing <laughs> uh, 243 years, an angel only loved one person, does not leave a lot of hope for the rest of us. But I want to point out, for over 200 of those, he was a soulless vampire who killed a lot of people. So, he really wasn't going to fall in actual love with anyone. Okay. The only reason he, like, when he was alive in the past, he was a total a-hole. When did he get his soul back? Because what's-her-face's family cursed him. No, no, but when? In the... What do you mean? The first time? Like, yeah, the first time he got his soul back. That was like what the the eighteen hundreds. Uh, actually, it no, would no, no, have no. been the late eighteen hundreds because that is when he was cursed by a Romany. By the way, Joss Whedon. They're called Romany. 
Which means that actually he did spend the majority, well, actually not the majority, but at least for the last hundred years or so with a soul. You're right. You're right. But he's also being a broody asshole still. Yeah, no, there's no way he could fall in love with. This is what, okay, I think that Angel BS'd at a lot of points because there's no way he didn't at least try to fall in love with anybody between the 18, let's say, 80s and today. There's no way, okay, so throughout this- How did the 1990s? What? He just came to, I can't remember how he met. No. Like, why did he come to Sunnydale? He came to Sunnydale because his old girlfriend came to Sunnydale and that he wanted to help the Slayer out? No. Wrong. No. Oh, the master was coming into town. No. To help. Wrong. Oh, the mayor You're all wrong. was going to turn into a demon. You're so wrong. Oh, there was a, Daddy, there was a bake sale. And, uh, what a mystery. To... I'm going to murder you, and it will not be a mystery. Um, and we will talk about it. <laughs> um, This guy comes up to Angel in an alley, when he's and he's like, ha, you eating rats? And he's like, yes, I hate myself. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, look at this hot girl. And Angel's like, right. I love her. She's like 15. Yeah. Yeah, creep. Uh, can I say, I do kind of, I don't like, I would not like it personally, but I love how kind of creepy he is with her. Like, remember, like when she's holding the mirror and he just comes mm-hmm. up directly behind her like a creeper and then to like startles her and he's just like, Hey, I didn't mean to start. Oh, yeah. I just walked up behind he does you that... when you were checking in your mirror. The one thing that I can't be seen in. Right, exactly. I do that on purpose to people. I know, but do you think <laughs> just it, go he might actually them. do it? It would be funny if he did it on purpose to people. Uh, he probably does. It's his only joy in life. <laughs> oh, he can't have also, joy. He can't, yeah. Also, he has a uh, really great line. Uh, I'm a funny guy. Oh, oh, yeah. That's one like of that. the best lines. I was cracking up. <laughs> totally straight face. I do kind of so miss... Guy. I drew a picture. Actually, you did? Oh my gosh, let me see it. Here it is. Take a picture of it. We'll put it up on our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Puppet Angel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my sister's just held up essentially a picture of an upside-down cartoon house with a broody no, face. No, it's like a baseball plate. It's a baseball home plate. With eyebrows and hair. <laughs> a very, like, Romanesque aquiline nose. Well, I wrote, I'm a funny guy, and then I drew his face, and then I tried to do his spiky hair, and then it encroached upon the I'm a funny guy, so oh it kind of just melts all together. Okay, you know what? Katie kind of had a good point with Probably the puppet analogy, because that guy looks like Bert from Bert and Ernie's sexy cousin. <laughs> Anyway. I will not stop. <laughs> Can't go on from <laughs> oh that. Um, Joyce? I forgot how much I loved Joyce. Yeah. Oh, Joyce. She's one of the best, like, TV she's moms. She, yeah. Like, the fact that she's basically so understanding, I mean, even in the beginning before she even knows. I mean, even when she's got a daughter like Dawn thrust upon her by evil monks. Which... We're not talking about that. Uh, no, we're not going into morally talk about morally neutral monks. Whatever. Anyway, no, Joyce is amazing. I can't. Uh. Like she's like so 
like motherly, but also a person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like that they let her be a person. I like that they like talked about that stuff. You know, letting her yeah. date and letting her like try to find it. And we even get a, like a little glimpse of what she used to be like as a teenager earlier on when she had sex with Giles. Sex with people oh my gosh, remember. On the hoods of cow cars. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. That was the best. Oh my that God. whole exchange. Do you remember when she dated, um, oh gosh, John Ritter? John Ritter. Yeah. Yes. That whole episode. That was a thing. Was oh my weird. god, Giles wears a pinky ring. What? What? Yeah. Giles. Like I in this episode? Yeah, he was wearing a pinky ring. I wrote it down. She wrote That's it so down, really. folks. Is he a 13-year-old girl? Is he a mobster? I don't know. Is he both? I don't know what a pinky ring means. I don't know either, but it's probably like some family crest or something, but it yeah. looks weird. Let's talk about these costumes, because it really oh. brought me back to the late 90s. Like, okay. Buffy's weird pink sweater thing. Okay, there are a few topics of conversation here that we needed to discuss. <laughs> um, Willow's yellow hat. Yes. Yep. Xander's Christmas shirt. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, my new fall um, fashion. <laughs> the cheerleaders' uniforms. I was going to say that. Willow's jeans. Ooh, I don't remember those. Uh, Buffy's yes. cow oh, pajamas. <laughs> yes. Also, Willow had a cat, like, cartoon t-shirt. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty I cool. wouldn't, no, no, no. Not a cat cartoon t-shirt where, like, the vinyl, like, print on the t-shirt is silver. Yeah. Oh my god, Katie, remember your smiley face shirt? Yeah, Katie, remember your smiley <laughs> face shirt? Ugh. It had like, didn't it have like liquid in it? Or yes, it did. So it had like more than glitter. one smiley face shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> being a girl of a certain age who lived in the nineties, there's a possible possibility I had more than one shirts with smiley faces on it and big the flowers. One, yeah, the one in particular that I'm thinking of had a big yellow smiley face right over your sternum. And then I think there was, like, some sort of, like, it was, like, plastic, and I think there was, like, a liquid there in it. There was definitely liquid in it. It was, like, glittery I wore liquid. it with overalls a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Not to our younger listeners. So uh, I would have fit right in with Buffy and her friends, so. You would have. You would have. It probably anyway. is in style now. Honestly. I know. Actually, I could wear the same outfit now. Now, to our younger yeah, listeners, I want to address that, yes, there was a period in the 90s where people thought that gel would work really well in fashion. It did <laughs> not. I feel like that works now. I remember wanting these sh- platform shoes, because obviously everyone was obsessed with platform shoes in the Spice Girls. I wanted these platform shoes that you could put stuff inside they had one yep. that you could buy that was airtight, so you could put a live goldfish in your shoe, and another kind that you could just buy and put, like, anything inside of it, because they were clear plastic platforms, and I wanted them. That I think you could buy them from hardcore animal cruelty. I know. I think you could buy them from, like, Delia's or something. You remember that catalog? Yes. Ugh. I wanted the them. worst. That's a store Any- now, though, right? Or, I don't know if it was a store then, and we just didn't have it, so it was only a catalog to us. Maybe. It's t- I am obsessed with Buffy's cow pajamas. They look so comfy. <laughs> they did look really comfy. I really want them. 
I want to address something on this podcast, even though it's about technically supposed to be about mysteries. It's something that has always bothered me. Why does Buffy purposely go on patrol in heels? The first time you see her in this episode, she's wearing a very smart fighting outfit. I wrote smart fighting outfit. Which is fine. (laughs) But then the the night that she talks to Angel and she's going out looking for that second demon... She wears heels, and it happens a lot over the series. I understand yeah. her, like, going to the bronze and then having to fight, whatever. But when she's specifically going on patrol, I just don't get it. And maybe that's, I'm saying that as someone who doesn't wear heels because I don't like them, and I like Catelyn Moran's theory about why we shouldn't wear them. But if you're going to go out fighting monsters, just wear comfortable shoes. That you can it's kind of who she is. Yeah, yeah. No, for me, but... And you guys. And Mac, probably. Um, but <laughs> I think it's just part of who she is. She loves fashion. Excuse me. <laughs> I want to point out that my sister just made an egregious <laughs> assumption about me. I said probably not, Mac. <laughs> Thank you. Do you wear heels, Mac? You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know my life. Know my life. Gonna, it's a mystery podcast. Mac, you I'm own you own exactly two pairs of shoes and don't <laughs> lie. Three. Three? Three? Three. Okay, three. Three. Twice. Are any of them Twice you have been wrong about least? me. What? Are any of them at least like platforms for your costume? Uh oh damn. I should have had platform shoes. A uh, little fun story for those listening at home. There was this one Halloween when my sister Maddie dressed up as Edward Cullen, complete oh, with yeah. a t-shirt with abs drawn on there, and I dressed up <laughs> as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And many people jokingly <laughs> referred to me as a woman, and others much less jokingly. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you looked pretty great except for your shoes. And we found face. like the perfect <laughs> jacket. We uh, found the perfect skirt combo, jacket skirt shirt combo. You had a great wig that I may or may not have borrowed. Um, we'll not talk about that actually. Um, <laughs> but you looked pretty awesome, and Maddie looked hilarious as Edward. <laughs> yes, oh. we did um, accidentally make my uh, my fake like nipples on the t-shirt. They was like they were cross-eyed. <laughs> They were just really too close to the midline. <laughs> I think I still had that shirt for a really long time after. Can I apologize for shooting you with that plastic crossbow? I feel like I've never done that before. Oh yeah, you've never, you've never forgiven, or you've never asked apologize. for forgiveness. Sorry. But it was always there, waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> that was a surprisingly anyway. good crossbow. I miss that crossbow. See. Are there any other fashion things we want to discuss? I did like that the cheerleaders were completely covered on top, even though they were tight yep. sweaters. It had to be so hot, though. I know, I was thinking that. They do have short yeah. skirts, which is, like, standard for cheerleaders, but they had on full-length, full, like, long-sleeve sweaters. Yeah. And today, watching shows like Riverdale, where they're, like, wearing nothing. Ugh, yeah. Actually, to I be mean, fair, I like Riverdale, but... I do love Riverdale. Actually, I think that's on our list. Um, (laughs) But I do think that I appreciated the 
slightly chaste nature of the 1990s. I will, I want to point out one thing, and that is that every single male extra in this episode was wearing the exact thing that you would expect a dude from the 90s to wear, which was a white-collared, baggy, horizontally striped, polo, long-sleeve shirt. Yeah, very 90s. There you are. That's it. I mean, I, I lived in the 90s, and they were not wrong. There you are. <laughs> like, a lot of people dress like that. Okay. Um, Angel running around with just the blanket over his head. Spike does it later in the series, but I am imagining a picture in my head of just a normal street, and you're driving, and then you just see a grown man with a black blanket just over his entire body. Smoking! Running, smoking, running <laughs> tilt towards, like, someone's front door, or just down the street. That would be a mystery to be Did they just do that? Did they just Probably that? way more stealthy than... You know, you're imagining because he's a six-foot man, essentially. He's a six-foot walking smoke machine. How could he be stealthy? Yeah, it was just funny. Like, he comes into the house and I'm like, did you walk in the street like that? Like, that's not normal. (laughs) Yeah. But people are so oblivious in this. Like, when Buffy runs up the little cement thing and then jumps and does, like, a backflip onto the roof, that is not physically possible. And then people just rush it off. But like it's not they kind of address that in the prom episode. Where I think is a beautiful... Okay. Oh, the class protector thing? The... Can I... Okay. I want to talk about Buffy and Jonathan's relationship. Because... Yes. Okay. I think that, especially in these like these first couple seasons, it's really interesting to see him as kind of this like orbital character who shows up randomly. Um... But this episode has such a great speech written for them. And in my brain, it was longer than what it actually turned out to be. And I think just because it has a, such a great impact, especially when you find out he's not trying to kill everyone, he's going to kill himself. And because I knew that watching it again, seeing kind of the, what Buffy says about how everyone's ignoring your pain because they're too busy with their own was like such an important thing to talk to teenagers like true like he's like you're uh beautiful and athletic what could possibly be wrong in your life right and if you're an outsider looking at buffy like yeah she's beautiful and athletic and she might be a little odd but like we know her life is kind of terrible to be honest like what is what does she say it sucks so bad there's no telling of it like she's like a weird way of phrasing it yeah Otherwise known as Buffy. They have this beautiful exchange, and at the very end, she's like, I could have taken that from you, or whatever. And he's like, I know. Like, so he he knows that she let him kind of talk it out with her. Which I think is beautiful. And then... And she checks on him the next day. Yeah, like, she checks back on him and, like, goes to talk to him. So I think, looping back around when we're talking about the, like, unrealisticness of it, in the prom episode, when he's like, we know that Sunnydale is a little bit odd. Like, we're not completely ignorant. We kind of just... Which is another... Well, we're not going to talk about it. Like, why does everyone stay in Sunnydale? (laughs) Because constantly (laughs) things are happening. But he's kind of says, like, we know that you're the one... Like, so clearly, like, they've paid attention. They just don't really want to think about it. But Jonathan presenting her with a class protector, I think, is a beautiful moment. And that kind of 
calls back to this episode where they kind of talk to each other at a different level. Yeah. But you cannot backflip. <laughs> <laughs> like a gutter. Like, onto a roof. You can as like, the slayer. You can't because like gutters that. are not a structurally stable thing. They're all made of aluminum. And bolted on, yeah, like, at a three-foot interval. It's meant to hold a few pounds of water at most. That's why you're supposed to clean them I out. I know they people who everybody. can flip around at least a little bit. And nobody <laughs> can flip around like that. That just reminds Unless... me of the, uh, you know, have you seen those glitches? The one Skyrim glitch with the tiger? <laughs> like, people who can flip around a little bit. Just, just no. like, reminds me of, like, people just... Flying around <laughs> with no control. Katie, look it up later. I will. Honestly, the only glitch coming to my head is that one where people hit the wall in Assassin's Creed. Time. <laughs> the only thing I think of is the goat or whatever. Or the <gasps> letter goat. <laughs> exactly. It's so random. This reference has been brought to you by the year 2010. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what, 97? When did they graduate? I did. I wanted to talk about, yeah, when did this come out? I feel like in 2000? No. What about the end? 2004? Like three or four. I think it was 2004. No, it was 2004, yep. The finale, because I was in high school. Almost done with high school. So this would have been 99? No. Yeah. Like, 2099, I want to say. <laughs> it would have been 99. I think it's 99 because I remember it, I would have remembered it being, like, class of 2000 when they did. Yep. Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, because I was also aired. kind of wondering when, if this had anything to do with Columbine. Because they do kind of touch upon that. And I feel like I remember them talking about school shootings when it first aired, like, afterward. There was, like, a little thing, like talking about it because they were like we know this is going to bring up some problems even though it wasn't an actual school shooting like cordelia makes that offhand comment like it happens enough in america nowadays or whatever wait so yeah. was this, wait so this was like a little thing before the episode saying okay we're going to talk about some pretty mature stuff here no i think oh. it was a little thing they did after okay because i was about to be like did they yes. invent the trigger warning if so good job you guys well, yes, I uh, had the Wikipedia page up on my phone because I was looking up the writer, mm-hmm. and it says that the Columbine High School massacre occurred one week before the episode was originally scheduled to air because it That's included a I'm scene with a student loading a rifle, apparently for mass murder, but in reality for suicide. The WB substituted a rerun. Um, the episode was delayed until September 1999 which is when it came out, two weeks prior to the season four premiere. The season finale was also delayed due to school violence concerns. Unquote. That's what I'm remembering, because I didn't watch Buffy when it aired until, like, season five, or actually probably till season six, I want to admit. Because, I remember this, Carrie, because Danielle and you watched it, and Mm -hmm. you were like, you need to start watching it because these nerds love Star Wars just like you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. so i was like all right i guess i'll watch these nerds who love star wars um, you're welcome so i really didn't start watching it till then but i remember i feel like 
Mary, oh, I don't want to like name last name. So a girl in my class, Mary watched Buffy. And I remember her talking about the like delaying of all the episodes and stuff and complaining about it and being like, okay, girl, you need to like calm down. No, I mean, I get they definitely should have done it. Yeah, I'm absolutely. glad that they did. But, you know, as a fan of shows, when things are delayed, it can be frustrating. Yeah. But, I mean, this wasn't integral to the entire storyline of the season. Really. Yeah, no. Yes, Mac? I wasn't raising my hand. No, no. See, I was just rubbing my face. That's the thing I do. You know who else doesn't raise her hand? Buffy in class. (laughs) No, she doesn't. (laughs) Carrie, you're so Nancy. (laughs) <laughs> I wrote it down. Raise your hand, Buffy. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're funny. Um, let's see. I was looking at my notes, and there's really only one other thing that I wanted to mention. I took a screenshot of this episode the last time I watched it, because it's one of my favorite throwaway jokes I think I've seen in the entire series. When they're panning over the newspapers in the office... Kind of trying to talk about, like, how this kid is writing these dark articles and editorials. The very last... Oh, you guys know what I'm talking about? I, think I know what you're talking about. Tell me. Where the headline, the headline is, apathy on the rise, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> like, I oh love that. So like, great. So, I used to design props in college, and my favorite thing to design, like, props and set dressing was to throw in stupid jokes like that and just to make the actors laugh. Or (laughs) just, like, for my own joy, because I thought it was funny. And so seeing that replicated in a show, like, clearly, because that's a joke from the set dressing department. Like, there's no other explanation for that. That it just brought me so much joy. (laughs) Like, it was beautiful. I giggled. The fact that it came out of such, like, a nihilist source, like, that character was supposed to just not care about anything... I love, okay, I love that their representation of what teenagers think is deep because it is spot on. You had Oz thinking about, like, if Buffy has all my thoughts and all my thoughts are me, then that's, she's all I am. And then you've got this, like, weird nihilist writing for the newspaper kid thinking a lot, like, look at all these other students looking for breadcrumbs from the teacher. Breadcrumbs. That's deep. I'm going to write that down. Um, uh, True. Oz's thoughts are actually a reference to the philosopher Descartes. Ooh, Descartes. Carries in so Oh, I thought you said Descartes. You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know what? Descartes. You know who my favorite philosopher is? <laughs> Descartes. <No. laughs> you are ridiculous. He's, he's pretty amazing. His books are like just. So yeah, but they're really hard. <laughs> Very funny. They're really long and hard, though. <laughs> You're ridiculous. And the pages are all stuck together. I don't think I had anything else on my notes other than the acting, yeah, I which I, I think is admirable for being what it was for the yeah, most part. I think I spent all my jokes with the Dick Hart thing. Stop. Yeah, yeah, you're done joking. Yeah, All of your, your jokes are your done. Your cash is spent. Okay. Um, we should have joke bucks for Mac, and he can only <laughs> use that like. 
You only have Three so many. joke box an episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of rating systems, let's. Uh, okay. So how many how many stabs would you give this episode? Okay. I think there's two different things to talk about. The episode is an episode of Buffy, and the episode is a mystery. Mm. Because as a mystery, honestly, two stabs, two to three stabs. Yeah. Like we find out she can read. We find out someone's gonna says like I'm gonna kill them all halfway through. We don't get any clues t- as to who this person is. The only reason that everyone is saved is because Xander likes Jello. So like as an actual mystery, two stabs. Two stabs. Maddie. Oh yeah. But like as an episode of Buffy, I'm going with like eight stabs. Yeah. We could go stakes, with... you know. Oh my god, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eight stakes. Would you say the stakes are high? Uh, you have spent oh, your joke at episode. negative marks. You are in negative jokes for next time. I agree. Eight stakes. Um I think it's a great episode of Buffy. It has a lot of really nuanced character moments. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's got a character. And, like, you know who they are. And even if you have never watched the show, you can still kind of get a sense of who most everyone is. I do want to bring out Buffy's fault, though. Like, just what we were talking about when we're playing our Count the Penises game. Mm. There's three women. Yep. And seven men with names. No, eight men, if we're talking about the teacher. Joyce? Oh, maybe Joyce. I forgot. I, forget. I think they also Buffy. multiple times mentioned the name of that snooty know-it-all girl. Nancy. Nancy. So that's five women. There's five women. But if we're counting background characters, we might as well throw Jonathan in there as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm saying, so you have Buffy, Willow, Cordelia, Joyce, Nancy, maybe the teacher. Did she have a name? Yes, yes. Um, but only when uh, Xander's like, Miss so-and-so is kind of hot or something like that. Yeah. Does that so, like, disqualify that's six women. Well, she has a name, and she they do talk about things. Well, I guess they're talking about Othello, so they're technically talking about a man, but... Well, if this is not the Bechdel. Othello is not a character in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the teacher, Giles, Xander, Wesley, Angel, Oz, Jonathan, and Freddy. Mr. Beach. Yeah, Mr. Beach. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, like, what about there Gay are Jack? still more. What about Larry? Oh, yeah, yeah Larry and Peter or Freddie Iverson. Okay. So that's nine, nine to six. So the ratio is still in favor of men, even on a show like Buffy. Yeah, but when you look, okay, at the, just the Scooby group, you've still got more men. Willow, Buffy, Willow, Buffy, Cordelia, Cordelia, three. Giles, Giles, Xander, Xander Oz, Wesley. Wesley. Wesley? I mean, Wesley they don't there for, like, like a season. And they do, I will say later, bring in, like, Anya and... Ugh. Tara. Tara. And, and well, she I was saying, will not ugh. be named. <laughs> no, we weren't naming Excuse her. me. Not <laughs> be named. She who shall not be named. Yes. I will say, I don't mind Dawn as a character. No, stop. Stop, not going stop. There. Okay. Okay, so we've got our dick ratio, we've got the stakes and stabs. <laughs> yep. True. Is there anything else you guys so, wanted yeah. to say about this episode? Did it pass the Bechdel test? Yes. I think it did. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Buffy and Willow definitely had some combos. Not about... About Buffy's, like... Just about them being, like, friends and yeah. weird. 
yeah aspects most episodes of the show do kind of pass i think as long as buffy and willow are talking to each other (laughs) yes sometimes they fight and then it definitely fails because buffy just talks to like angel and giles or like spike i just love giles so much guys like i cannot express my i was so annoyed that he couldn't come back for the reunion this year like, Such a bummer. How dare he <laughs> have, have a job, have, a, job have, have a life, live in a different country? Come on. Um, I think that at the end of our episodes, we should pick the next thing that we're watching. Well, because I that way, when if like we release these into the world, into the void, <laughs> uh, people could watch the thing. So I actually thought the same thing that we could mention. So today, I actually picked the next thing out of the jar at home. Ah! Because I am not at home. I am somewhere with the internet, because at the moment I live in the middle of the woods. Um, with a hotspot that costs a lot of money. So So what's the next thing, Kate? So the next thing I picked out was the first episode of Fargo, the TV show. Fargo? Yes. Fargo, the TV show. All right. Okay. Which is not a total mystery, but it's a little more like a suspense thriller. So Which season? Because they're all standalones. I was thinking we start with season one, go with the first original, and then if I, I'm going to put it back in the jar, because remember we talked about anything that's like hella serialized, we do the first episode. True. So like yep. Twin Peaks, so like Fargo, so like Riverdale. Like, where you can't just pick up in the middle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The next one is going to be the m- first season of Fargo. Episode. Episode one. Season one. Woo! All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter and see Maddie's beautiful angel puppet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <It's a> drawing. <laughs> Sorry. Her angel drawing that looks like Angel's puppet. Masterpiece. Yep. Um, you can follow us at mostly murder pod and if you want to email us questions um comments please don't uh email a ton of corrections unless we're egregiously wrong i know in the last episode i think i said something that was totally inaccurate but we we're not (laughs) we're not experts we're not claiming to be experts we're not doing research we're just talking to each other that's the tagline (laughs) and that being said you can email us at mostly murder but sometimes not at gmail.com so yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks guys. guys. Bye. 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 And stop and capture.